0: 10, 15. Back up field to the 35, to the 40. 45, 50. That's the 50. 35, 40. That's the 30. To the 20. It's a-
1: again okay, everyone this is the old college try this is your host tim highland and joining me as always is my co-host mike unger mike this time next week i will have just arrived in baltimore via uh, amtrak the best way to travel um in preparation for our departure the next morning for the uh to be determined location of the 2022 old college try road trip
0: First of all, thank God that the rail strike is over, so that does not impact your travel plans, nor will it impact mine on November 5th when I take an overnight train from D.C. to Chicago before the Notre Dame-Clemson game. But yes, this time, um, one week from now, we will be having a beer at a brewery somewhere. I haven't picked out which brewery yet, but (laughs) it's going to be glorious. Do you think you have any idea where we're going on the trip? I
1: So, you're a very smart individual, Mike, and I think... I, I think I have a pretty solid idea of where we're going, but I think you're the kind of person who could have looked at the schedule and be like, oh, Tim would have thought it would be this <laughs> and, and then pull a fast one on of me. Uh,
0: I'm not trying to fool you that much. Uh, I, <laughs> I just <laughs> picked this one. And I think the reveal will happen next Wednesday because um, on my itinerary, we're going to pop into the sports book uh, here in town, put some bets down on the game that we're going to. And, uh, that way I will we'll spice it up. If it doesn't, if it happens not to involve uh, one of our teams.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Good
0: to know. There's a little cryptic clue for you.
1: <laughs> I told, uh, I've been telling my friends, about, there's one guy actually I work with. Um, um, it's a huge office. I'm still meeting people a year and a half into my job. And we had our first meeting together. We were just chatting. And, uh, somehow he mentioned that he went to Clemson and ah. he, uh, he he, like the guy, like what a stroke of luck! He basically started at Clemson when Dabo arrived. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm like, hey man, good for you! What a ride you've had over these past few years. We started talking college football. I started telling about our trip, and like everyone else, he's like, that sounds awesome. I'm like, yeah, it is. It truly is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're correct. And we still, of course, officially have never made it down to Clemson. You and uh, Slater still need to get down there.
1: So we're not going to Clemson, Mike.
0: I'm going to rule that one out. I'll, I'll rule that one out. We're not going to Clemson
1: but yeah I'm so looking forward to it it always is so much fun um and just again I we said it before just seeing different parts of the country and meeting different fan bases and um every time we tell people like why we're there they're so welcoming um which is just great it's it's so much fun and I think we could all use a few days off right Mike
0: who couldn't it'll be a it'll be a hell of a weekend uh how was your weekend of college football uh it was minimal when you talk about college football I was at my friend's house on the eastern shore of maryland and it was just it's just a glorious spread five acres right on the water um leading into chop the chop tank river there's a pool overlooking the creek there's a boat uh, there's a pier with a boat lift and we took a boat ride and we looked watched the sunset and we ate a massive dinner a s- massive seafood boil with crabs that we caught out in the creek and shrimp and clams and sausage and corn it was it was a spectacular day one that did not afford for a ton of college football watching however I did watch some at night I saw the end of the Miami Texas A&M game I saw the end of the Terps game against SMU both which were close and exciting and uh, I recorded and somehow managed to avoid learning the final of the Indiana Western Kentucky game which I watched in its entirety on (laughs) Sunday also a very very entertaining game
1: That's amazing. Good for you. Um, And for those who have not been, to your point, the eastern shore of Maryland is one of my favorite places on the planet. It is so uniquely gorgeous down there, right?
0: It is, and it's so relaxing. You cross the six-mile Bay Bridge from the congested hell that is basically Baltimore and Washington, one of the most crowded places in this entire country. And after usually terrible traffic, you're in a different world where the pace of life is so much slower. Um, you can't help but relax over there and you're right you see uh, it has a unique ecosystem with yeah there we saw bald eagles and herons and you can catch crabs and and all kinds of fish and it's just an incredibly beautiful and relaxing place in the world it's good to have a friend who has a place there
1: (laughs) there's so many again it's it looks unlike any place i've ever been before it's just um really a fascinating place and if you love nature like anything <laughs> anything it's just the best um yes that sounds lovely mike i had a very traditional you know stay-at-home weekend had some soccer in the morning and uh then watched football basically all day as you know i very much enjoyed the penn state auburn game which was uh just wonderful
0: yes there's a budding superstar on the niche that we will get to i'm sure
1: yes indeed um and this weekend what do i have this weekend a similar this weekend so very chill uh, nice, relaxing weekend. I'm looking forward to it. So let's get to the uh, week in review, Mike. Let's start with, I, I guess you would say it was the biggest game of the weekend. Number 24, A&M, 17. Number 13, Miami, 9. Now, of course, this time last week, everyone was, uh, A&M was kind of like the joke of the country, right? Along with, I guess who? Was Notre Dame? Same thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, Look, to their credit, and look, I, I don't know what Miami is. Every year we don't know what Miami is, right. but A and they could have, they could have kind of folded up the tents a little bit, but I would call it a decent win. I didn't see a ton of it. I saw enough to see that they played relatively decently. What were your thoughts, Mike?
0: Yeah, I so, saw uh, I saw much of the second half. It was a slugfest. It was a defensive battle. They made the change at quarterback and went to Max Johnson. Didn't seem to do a whole lot. They kind of relied on their on their defense to win this one. Miami made a lot of mistakes. Uh, it's, it's understandable. They're under new head coach, Mario Cristobal. Most of those guys have not played in an atmosphere like um, uh, Kyle field in college station over a hundred thousand fans there. So it was a workmanlike and a much needed win for Texas A&M, but I don't think it answers long-term questions about the Jimbo and, and that offense down there.
1: Nor does it answer questions about the program in general. Like we've talked yeah. about this, like you can recruit, and recruit and recruit and they have okay just like texas has for whatever reason it doesn't translate and has not for several decades to what happens in the field right Except for you know the manzel year or years whatever that was like a&m has been mediocre and in my mind will likely remain mediocre going forward there'll be there'll be an eight or nine win program especially in that conference
0: right It seems like last year was really their opportunity when they actually broke through and beat Alabama, but then they lost a couple other games, whereas previous years they had really, really good teams that won all the games that they should, but they couldn't get over that Alabama or LSU hump. Um, So it seems like it's always one thing or another with these these Aggies, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like moving forward, whether they can garner some momentum uh, on this, you know, solid but uninspiring win.
1: Uh, Number 22, Penn State 41, Auburn 12. Um, I'll start with this. I'm very clear eyed as a Penn State fan watching that game. Mike, did you see any of this or no? I did not know. I mean, Auburn's terrible.
0: Uh, That's that was going to be my question. They could be one of the worst teams in the SEC, actually, can't they?
1: And it's like they have look, they have um, Tank Bigsby, right? Um, who was held to 39 yards. And the reason why Auburn has no quarterback whatsoever, it is. Painful to watch them. Um, all that being said, Manny Diaz, the new Penn State defensive coordinator, came after them with the most crazy blitzes and formations you ever believe, had them totally confused. My concern going into the game, because our O line had been so like not it's been off for two years now and didn't look great in the first two games either. Um, they blew Auburn off the ball from minute one. I think Penn State rushed for 253 yards. Um, Clifford was – he got blown up on the first drive of the game. To his credit, came right back, bounced up, played a great, polished game. Um, and it must be said, this kid, Singleton, is unbel- – I was – I'm not the only one who said this. It was, came up this week multiple times on SiriusXM. Um, I've been watching Penn State now since 1993. And I look back my memories of, like, who are the freshmen that came in and made an impact like this kid? There's Lavar Arrington in 1999, who I saw like that year in person. Or not, he was a freshman '97. I'm sorry. Um, Curtis Enos doesn't count because he was a redshirt freshman. And then there was the Derek Williams class in '05. But even those guys, even Arrington, they weren't the star player from day one. And this kid is. He leads the nation in yards per carry with 11.1 yards per carry. He leads the nation in rushes of 40 plus yards or more with five in three games wow, he's step. only he's only getting 10 he's gotten 10 carries per, literally 10 carries per game and he's already got like 300 and some yards for the season his speed's ridiculous Gary Danielson who we all know is not one to handle compliments basically said during the game he's like I don't care if he's a true freshman he's one of the best backs in the country already and he is this kid is something else and it's changed everything for Penn State." They had not had a hundred-yard rusher since pre-COVID. He wow. has two in three games.
0: Wow, that is that is an impressive stat. I, I'm sensing the infatuation level is uh, is getting close to a ten for you with this with this single
1: <laughs> And it's not just him. The other guy, who's basically the backup tailback, is Ktron Allen's been amazing. And a homegrown product here, Mike, a kid who went to uh, not Springfield High School but LaSalle College High School here in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Um, Abdul Carter, who my friend Nick taught at LaSalle, he told me, like, this kid, when, he's a linebacker and he's amazing. He's like, he's a missile. He's an absolute missile. Again, true freshman, he's wearing number 11. Like, that's not, not a small deal. And he was the best defensive player on the field on Saturday. Recruiting, we all roll our eyes at it. It does matter in the end. <laughs> Getting good players helps a lot. Um, Penn State has a long way to go. The gap between them and Ohio State, as we all know, is still significant. But this team, in my mind, could have been one and two at this point, and they're three and 0. I'm, uh, as you can tell, Mike, I'm a little excited. Do
0: you think that the Auburn boosters are already firing up their planes, flying all over the country, looking for Harson's replacement?
1: I'm shocked he's not fired already.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, you never, you have no idea who, who has the power to hire and fire people at Auburn, but the future certainly doesn't look blight, bright down there uh, on the planes.
1: I mean, look, he had the offseason scandal. Um, there's no plan in place. They look terrible on the field and uh, not a great look when you're the 330 kick on CBS, like the marquee game of the weekend and the stadium's emptying in third quarter.
0: Not good. Yeah, definitely not. And, and to your point, um, you, of course, scan the Penn State message boards. Lots of uh, compliments for the Penn State fans from Auburn about how Penn State traveled, right?
1: No, the biggest thing was the Penn State fans coming back saying they had never been treated better on the road, but then by Auburn fans, including oh, um, wow. Kyle, my sister Colleen's friend. She went down there and she was like, they were unbelievably welcoming. It was outstanding, which I love that.
0: I love it. Yeah, it's great to hear it. and also shows that they don't consider themselves serious contenders.
1: <laughs> no, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of contenders, number one, Georgia 48, South Carolina seven here for one reason. Last week I said like, oh, you know, Williams, Bryce, a House of Horrors for Georgia, and you were like, "No, not this year." And it- <laughs> not
0: so much, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: uh, Georgia man, they're so good.
0: They're so yeah. Good. Their offense. What's funny about them this year is that their offense is just as good, if not better, as their defense, and they're kind of taking the um, handcuffs off Stetson Bennett. He's throwing it all over the place, and they just have stars everywhere. And it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't want to play them in any way, any in any situation if I was any team.
1: They've gotten to the point that like no team had gotten to, and I wouldn't even say Clemson was quite there as good as they were. Um, you know, peak Alabama was; they had, let's say, superstar players at like every position, yeah. and they all went to the NFL. And then the next year, they had superstars in the same positions because they're so deep, so
0: deep. Yep. Yeah. yep, yeah. uh, yep. Yeah. I don't. I can't see anyone really giving Georgia a tough game until the SEC championship. Really.
1: Just amazing. Uh, speaking of which, number three, Ohio State, seventy-seven, Toledo, twenty-one. You can roll your eyes at Toledo, but they came in with a very highly rated defense statistically. Um, I think Ohio State scored on t- touchdowns on eleven of their thirteen drives, or something like that. Like, I don't care if you're playing a nobody; that's hard to do. And it
0: is, it is. You can By the way, that sound is you is you can hear is me rolling my eyes about your t- little Toledo stat. <laughs> <laughs> um but ohio state needed a game like this their offense um you know it's so talented had a little bit of the slow start against notre dame and then in the second week i think they played arkansas state also didn't blow they needed an explosion like this just to to remind folks that they're ohio state 77 is a sweet number to put up
1: it is
0: it is um it just looks so nice on the scoreboard it's so it's so symmetrical
1: Not to put you in a spot here, Mike, with a tough question. I'm just curious. Not historically, like right now. um, All things considered, including their location, their fan base stadium, uh, division they're in, money, everything. What's the better program, Georgia, Ohio State?
0: Hmm. Excellent question. I mean, they're 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 like one A, one B, and and Alabama's kind of one C. Although I would actually, it'll be it'll be fine. you know. I think that Alabama, or Ohio State is better positioned. I'm going to bring Alabama into the conversation. Once Nick Saban leaves Alabama, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of program Alabama is. Yeah. Whereas we've seen Urban Meyer and now hand it off to Ryan Day, and there has been almost no um, uh, slippage at all in Ohio State's dominance. Um, Kirby's starting to kind of a new thing in Georgia. Uh, I would just have to, I think I'd have to go Ohio State number one, just because of its history, um, the passion of the whole state of Ohio, um, the strength of the Big Ten. Of course, you could say all those things about Georgia as well, but I'd go with Ohio State.
1: I think I went too. as great as Georgia is. I think your point is exactly right. And you didn't even mention, it wasn't even just, urban to ryan day i mean there was the uh luke fickle year in there but like Tressel was pretty awesome in his- oh
0: yeah yeah Tressel was incredible and georgia you know they had some middling years with mark Richt, and we all know what bama was like before uh nick saban so i think ohio state by nose
1: uh number four michigan 59 yukon zero i don't want to discuss mission too much I, I just want to say this they're getting an awful lot of love
0: Let's face it, their first three games. The worst in the country.
1: Flat out, I'm sorry, it's embarrassing. It's
0: they embarrassing. have the worst schedule, the worst non-conference schedule in the country of any big-name team uh, program. I mean, UConn, first of all, interesting game. The over-under was 59, I think. <laughs> so they had oh, really? that. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I mean, just atrocious. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they – say they lose a close game to Ohio State – And they're sitting there at 11 and one without a berth in the big 10 championship game with that non-conference schedule. I think that could hurt them if they're competing for say the fourth spot in the college football playoff.
1: I just, I I mean, I, I um, I'm hearing more and more, including Penn state, like they're looking to like replicate this schedule. Like they want to recreate like a preseason model and have three games to work things out before you start your conference play. I get it, but it it's a gamble on Michigan's part. Like, well, it c-
0: sucks for the it sucks for the fans too. All three of these games were at home, so three straight weeks to start the season. You're you're watching basically ex, uh, exhibitions. I, I'm not happy about that if I'm a Michigan season ticket holder.
1: No, and again, I'm and, sorry. How, how can they? How can you like rank them fourth? And the, they they played JV teams. I'm sorry, like they're horrible, horrible.
0: Yeah, everything we've we've read and and seen though this this quarterback McCarthy seems to be the real deal and a and a vast improvement on on Mac, from McNamara so uh, I I'm we'll talk about it later but a very interesting game for the Wolverines this week against my Terps.
1: Uh number 5 Clemson 48 La Tech 20. Just here comes here is how the Compadres doing Mike?
0: Um I think they're kind of in a wait and see uh mode as well. Uh, not too many uh, uh, people I know went to that game. La Tech is a, they're a, what are they? They're kind of a decent group of five team, would you say? Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm not sure how the game went down. I don't know if it was closer than the score or not as close as the score indicates, but I don't think there's too much worry. Again, this will be the week, uh, huge game for Clemson against Wake Forest. This will be the week we'll really learn more about Clemson
1: uh we got what number six oklahoma 49 nebraska 14 at this point it's kind of sad nebraska isn't it like i saw
0: of- an article speculating about whether nebraska is the worst team in the power five no i don't think that's true you have colorado um and you have georgia tech georgia tech th- th- <laughs> they could be they could be up there i mean they scored a touchdown on their first possession to go up seven nothing and from that point forward the game was over and then did you see they fired their defensive coordinator? the next day. I mean, they're going to run out of people to fire here uh, before the season ends, but what a nightmare start for the, for the Huskers one and three new coach, new defensive coordinator. It's so brutal in college football. The season can be over so quickly, you know, like and Notre Dame true. two weeks in bam, their season's over Nebraska three weeks or four weeks in bam, their season's over. It's uh, it's, it's rough.
1: And you think too, especially Nebraska, like how much that team means to the whole state. Everything. For them to know that the, it, the year is going to be a d- disaster. Like, there's nothing. How many people are going to
0: transfer and quit? Literally quit off the team, too. They have 0.0, 0 to play for.
1: Uh, Washington 39, number 11, Michigan State 28. Um, big win for Washington. Uh, not a good look here for Sparty. This is a very Sparty kind of loss, I think, Mike.
0: Well, there's exciting things happening in Washington State, or as I like to call it, Bloomington West. Coach Kalen DeBoer came from Indiana. He was our offensive coordinator with quarterback Michael Penix during the Hoosiers' great runs in 19 and 20. Penix transferred to Washington. He's tearing it up. He had close to 400 yards passing. I think he had something like 11 touchdowns thrown the ball already. DeBoer has completely changed their offense, and so I am officially a Washington Husky fan this season. Didn't see this game, but from what I read about it, it wasn't nearly as close as the score indicated either. Tim, by the way, this was your lock of the week, a spectacular flop for you, but Washington is a team to keep your eye on in the Pac-12.
1: Um, It's one of these things in this current uh, environment in college football, um, and I, I I watch a lot of college football, Mike, as you know, um, I I missed the fact that Penix was at Washington now.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> you should have been in, uh, in game day on that uh, ridiculous feature <laughs> they had where they spun the wheel and just admitted that they had no idea who was on what team.
1: Uh, number 25, Oregon 41. Number 12, BYU 20. Of course, a game that was uh, marred by some stupid behavior by the Oregon yeah, students. Yeah, ridiculous. It's like, oh my God, look, I was, we were all college kids once, Mike, but I would never in a million years do that. And beyond this, do these kids not realize like they have to realize like if you're among the people chanting that horrible thing like there's probably video of you that will be shared and then your career is over before it even started
0: like congratulations. Being, <laughs> being in college is no excuse to chant anti-religious slurs at a football game for god's sake no like what what,
1: what motivates that like what where does that come from
0: probably some stupidity some alcohol uh alcohol induced behavior and some kind of groupthink. if I had to think yeah, yes think, yeah um but it, anyway it's a nice win for Oregon a lot of people had BYU in that game and uh it's a nice bounce back for Oregon and uh, the Pac-12 kind of flexed its muscles last week good to see them back in the in the running for the uh for, for relevancy
1: I'm sure for uh George Klioffkov, like that kind of weekend is huge for him right
0: yeah, that's a that's a hard word, uh, hard name to say. By the way,
1: it is. I almost stumbled on it. Uh, number fifteen, <laughs> Tennessee sixty-three, Akron six. Look, Mike, we were at Tennessee. How many years ago now? Was that
0: five years ago? I think it was about five. Yeah,
1: um, and it was pretty dark times, Tennessee, at that point.
0: Yeah, that was the end of the Butch Jones era. So I think <laughs> we were even before Jeremy Pruitt. They got uh, blank forty-one, nothing, but by Georgia the day we were there.
1: Remember, we, had, we, we saw the ball walk, whereas Pruitt was the coach, but Phil Fulmer was like also in the ball walk. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, we, we still loved our experience there, and it's going to be rocking on Saturday when game day is there for the Gators coming in because Tennessee's got a kind of a renewed sense of, of life under um, Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker playing quarterback here. Uh, and I, I think that that program is kind of a sleeping giant. I know a lot of people think – that it's uh, a program that's kind of passed, it's it's glorious passed by, and it may not ever reach the heights that it once did. But I still think it can be a, a a solid nine nine to ten win program. The with that stadium and that fervent fan support, I think it's a great uh, a great spot for college football.
1: And look, they have money, and um, yeah, they are. It's not quite. It's not nearly. Nebraska's challenge is there's no talent in Nebraska nor any neighboring state. Tennessee used right. to go out of state, but they're close. The, the bordering states are full of talent. Um, Heupel's doing a great job. The precedent is there. You can win big there. They just yep. haven't had the right guy. And I think um, you saw, we were, there, at, we were there, they were flat out awful, and the passion was incredible.
0: incredible. Yeah, they, they were still close to 100,000 in the stands, and you're right, it was not a banner year for them.
1: Uh, NC State, number 16, 27, Texas Tech, 14. I signed homework last week. I failed to do my homework on this game,
0: <laughs> Mike. I wonder if any of our listeners watched this game because I did not. And Texas <laughs> Tech, by the way, was my lock of the week and they failed to cover.
1: Um, I, I feel like there's one team every year and it's often Texas Tech where I'll say like, Mike, tell me one thing about Texas Tech, can you?
0: <laughs> I can tell you things about them from the past. Bobby Knight once <laughs> was a <their> basketball coach.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh,
0: and the then his son, Pat Knight, was, his, was their basketball coach, too. That's even worse.
1: How about the Michael Crabtree catch against Texas? with Michael? Yeah,
0: I remember that. Um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes went there. But none of these things involve this year's Red Raider team.
1: Uh, number 20, Ole Miss 42, Georgia Tech zero. I mean, all right. Hey, congrats, Ole Miss, whatever. If you're at Georgia
0: Tech, what is the path forward, Mike? You go back and get Paul Johnson and run the triple option and uh, be happy to win nine games a year. They should get Ken Niamatalolo.
1: But this is my thing. Is there so Ken? I think Ken's we all know he's is it your dog, Mike?
0: <laughs> that is noted listener Brian Schlater's sister-in-law's Anna's dog Lulu. <laughs> i um, don't know why she's barking Shh.
1: she hates the triple option maybe i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah that's the only thing she reacted to she likes a more uh exciting offensive brand of football but like besides coach ken
1: is there a new up-and-coming triple option i think i think the offense is dying mike i feel yeah
0: i think you might be right It uh, it's time has come and gone but they need to do change something because they're as we said they're they're in the running for the worst team in the power five and it doesn't help that Georgia has right down the road has become this behemoth.
1: Oh, no, it's they're in a tough spot. Um, <laughs> real quick, Syracuse 23, Purdue 29. So, I started watching this game when like, I got home from soccer and I was talking to my dad. I'm like, Dad, can you imagine? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing upstate New York this time of year, probably a glorious fall day, right? You're tailgating, you're happy, and then it's like, Oh, we have to go to the game now, let's go to this. <laughs> This cave, this depressing <laughs> cave, which probably was like just hot and depressing, even though it was like not that hot outside. Um, it's just the worst. and like you're playing Purdue. I was like nothing says espn to noon kick more than Syracuse or Purdue Purdue at Syracuse, right? That is like the ultimate. And this game just lived up to that billing. an awful game of football. Purdue could have won the game fifteen times um a really just depressing affair of football i can only put it that way
0: even worse the, at least the one thing you knew about the dome was it was called the carrier dome but now it is called the j m a wireless dome yeah goes from bad to worse uh didn't coach jeff Brown get a key 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalty on the last drive allowing syracuse to to score late to get the win that is brutal uh you can't do that if you're a coach um but uh, Dino's got it going there, Syracuse undefeated, and they have this great running back everybody is, um, is raving about. So uh, cheers, kudos to the Orange, but you make a great point. The worst thing about a dome is when you have to go leave beautiful weather to go inside to a dark, dank, humid, stinky dome, and that's, uh, that's what most of them are.
1: Mike, for you, Indiana 33, Western Kentucky 30. So I was following the score. I couldn't follow the game. What happened here?
0: Uh, Excellent game in which both offenses moved the ball but made mistakes. It was a very even game, same as last year's. uh, Last year, uh, Indiana won by six in Kentucky. Um, So this year, the the teams were very, very close. Uh, Really, actually, Western Kentucky deserved to win. They had a 40-something-yard field goal at the end to win it that the kid missed. And then in the first overtime, IU blocked Western Kentucky's field goal attempt and our terrific kicker after a very uninspiring overtime um, drive by the Hoosiers, our terrific kicker, Charles Campbell hit a 51 yarder to win it. When you're Indiana, you don't care about style points. A win's a win even over Western Kentucky. So the Hoosiers at three and O already surpassed last year's win total. Momentum is a thing for a program like this. Um, And they're 17 point underdogs. At Cincinnati this week, that seems like a ridiculously high number to me. That's all I'll say.
1: Congrats, Mike.
0: Yeah, it was very, very exciting. It was a very, it looked like a beautiful sunny day there in Bloomington. Uh, The X number of fans who were there were into it. And uh, after this kid hit the kick to win it in overtime, he was carried off the field, a a nice old school traditional celebration. And uh, it looked like uh, lots of fun was had in Bloomington on Saturday.
1: By the way, I was remiss, Mike. I should mention, um, how could I miss this? What an ending, and what a start of the season for Appy
0: State. Oh my God! So so we I did watch Game Day, and we we had uh, shared our thoughts on Game Day prior to last week. Yeah, and much of them I agree with, but I'll have to say they nailed it on Saturday. Pat McAfee sitting in, basically he's just taking up Lee Corso's time. Corso yeah. was in there for I think two segments, the pick segment, and maybe one other. And McAfee did not do his court jester kind of antics. He was uh, relatively restrained. I still cannot stand how they all speak, talk over each other and the fake laughter. But they did a great job of making me feel like I was in Boone. And that's the one thing game day does so well. They make you feel like you're there at the site tailgating with everybody. Um, Boone looks so goddamn beautiful. I'm dying to go there. And the way way that that game ended on the day that game day was there, first of all, I've never seen a Hail Mary end that way where the ball deflects a good six yards backwards and the guy runs it in. Um, But can you imagine the party scene in Boone on Saturday night? (laughs) No. no, (laughs) It's literally unimaginable. Uh, But what a season they're having. And if they had just converted that – if they had just converted that – two-point conversion they they easily well carolina deserved to win they chalk they choked up that game several times but if they could somehow have found a way to beat carolina they would be on their way to having an epic epic season it's uh, still going to be a special one
1: and i said i'm sure people have heard it but the most college football thing you would ever hear is the radio call by the appy state announcer. yeah they you couldn't hear what they were saying they lost their no, they
0: were they made no pretense of actually speaking words they were just shrieking
1: <laughs> it was so good. It was. Uh, it was fun. So good. Um, Mike, top twenty-five. You ready? Yep. We'll do the AP. I think we did the coaches last week. Um, drop from rankings. Sparty.
0: They did. They didn't deserve to be there.
1: Um, let's see here. Others receiving votes. We got Florida State with eighty-five. Appy State with seventy-seven.
0: Um, Oregon State with forty-nine. Love to see our Beavers.
1: Kansas with 23.
0: They're becoming quickly becoming a, a big story as well. Huge game against undefeated Duke coming up.
1: How about this? LLC with only six votes.
0: Oh, they're, it's hilarious there. They get less votes than Kansas. And Wisconsin with four. Wisconsin is such an uninspiring program. Yeah. All right, here we
1: go. Uh 25 Miami, 24 Pitt, 23 AM, 22 Texas. I, I love it every single week. This this the schools in the same state are always paired together, Mike. Always. Yeah. Conspiracy. Um, 21 Wake Forest.
0: Yeah, Wake is an interesting team. They kind of struggled with Liberty over the weekend. Um, but they have such a huge game against Clemson, and their offense with the heart, Sam Hartman can can hang with anybody. So their offense against Clemson's defense is going to be a great matchup.
1: 20 Florida, 19 BYU, 18 Washington, 17 Baylor, 16
0: Ole Miss. Huskies a team to watch in that group. I'm on their bandwagon.
1: 15 Oregon, 14 Penn State, 13 Utah, 12 the aforementioned NC State, and 11 Tennessee. They must be on cloud nine.
0: Yeah, and I think NC State I think might be a hair overrated there. Um, nice for Penn State to move into the top 15. They're gonna there. There seem like they're playing with some momentum as well.
1: Uh, we got, what, 10, Arkansas, who was a tough game this week, nine, Oakey State, eight, Kentucky, seven, USC, and six, Oklahoma.
0: USC at seven, Oklahoma at six. Interesting. Those are not in the same states, but they have a lot of uh, common ties, don't they, putting them right next to each other. Oh, their offense, everybody's raving about the Trojans' offense.
1: And, of course, five, Clemson, four, Michigan fraud, thirteen or three, Ohio State, two, Bama, one, Georgia. Notable again, Georgia, 59 first-place votes, Bama, three, Ohio State, one.
0: Yeah, boring. Nothing to talk about with the top five. Wake me up when something happens.
1: Mike, so you wanted to talk about a couple news items.
0: Go ahead. A couple news items. Yes, we, it came out this week that bedlam is dead. This was one of my favorite rivalries in college football, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I had the opportunity to attend it in 2017 and it was just a terrific environment. Everyone I talked to uh, ta- said how it's the most important sporting event in the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma Thunder be damned. Even though it's so one-sided, what do you take a guess at to what you think the the um, the the uh, series between the Sooners and the Cowboys sits at Tim
1: oh it's awful I know it's awful for Oklahoma it's
0: Oklahoma awful. leads the series 90 wins 19 losses and seven ties yeah and I think um um uh what's his name the, the mullet the coach of Oklahoma State he's like 2 and 18 against Oklahoma I believe Gundy. yeah Gundy yeah good Mike Gundy that's right I was blanking on his name but be that as it may I think this is just a wonderful rivalry. I loved watching on TV. I was so lucky that I had the opportunity to go there in 2017. The game I saw Baker Mayfield led the Sooners to a 62 52 win. It was just a wild game that took about four and a half hours. Um, It's, it's just a shame. You know, I I wish under, I understand that things change and that conference uh, consolidation is coming. It's happening. We're in the midst of it, but I just wish people could find a way to preserve some of these, terrific uh, longstanding in-state uh, rivalries. And the other news item I wanted to talk about, the national kickoff game moves from an 820 kick to a 730 kick. This is the smallest crumb that they can throw the fans. Um, you know, look, I'm happy to get my 50 minutes back, but the game is still being played on a Monday night in January, which means by definition is being played on one of the worst nights in the cal- on, on the calendar year. So uh, get yourself together, as we love to say, as we love our our, our uh, favorite show uh, with Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel says, College Football Committee, and move that game to a Saturday. So
1: you you meant to say national title game, right? You said just yeah, national
0: national title, title game. game. What did I say? National game. <laughs> oh, yeah, national title game.
1: <laughs> Can I add one thing real quick, Mike? And this is all. Please do. It's five. your show. Um, no, Mike, it's our show. It's our show. You forced me to do it. <laughs> um so as we all know there's a lot of shifting dynamics in um what's driving the money in college sports right now it's broadcast deals
0: tv okay? yeah
1: um and i'm not making this about the team i follow i just think it's a depressing commentary on where we're headed so i'm sure mike in, in years past let's say um in your great year at indiana in, in, in 19 indiana has a huge win you're like, okay, I'm going to stay up and watch college football final and see the highlights, right? Mm-hmm. What do they have to say about, like, Indiana's win today? So I actually managed to stay up for college football final on Saturday to see, like, hey, what are they saying about Penn State Auburn, which I would say was like, probably one of the top five games of the day, I would mm-hmm. guess. Um, and we also know that, you know, the Big Ten has not renewed its contract with ESPN. Like, uh, they did not show a Big Ten highlight of any school except for Purdue losing until 45 minutes into the show and did not show Penn State-Auburn at all. They didn't mention the game. And I'm like- Not once on on college football final? They didn't mention the score or show a single highlight. And I'm like, all right, this is not Matt Berry's call to do this. But I'm like, come on. The point of the show is to cover college football and you're not going to mention or cover one of the biggest games of the day it's to me, it's just like, come on, like are we doing like the cable news thing with college football now at this point?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of what's happening. I've noticed with that show too. And again, as to your point, no knock against Barry or Joey Galloway or um Jesse Palmer, who I think do a good job. but it's getting uh, it's getting farther and further and further away from showing as many highlights from as many games as possible, which is what it used to be, which is what we used to love for. And now it's getting a little sticky, right? Here are yeah. their rankings. Here's it, here's their thing about a dollar. Here are the worst plays. Here are the best plays. I would love just a hour or 90 minute show that showed, you know, five key plays from every big game.
1: And to me, it's like look, I know it's not journalism, but we were journalists, Mike. It's like, wouldn't you actually feel obligated to cover the
0: sport like in its entirety? Like oh, that's cute, Tim. And look, just, hey, half the time with your coaching and my traveling, we need that show. To, that's how I get most of my information for this for this show. So come on. Anyway, all right, games of the We're week. Final, let's get some highlights.
1: For Cousin Dave, who's in desperate straits right now, right, Mike? Yes. West Virginia at vatech, 7.30 ESPN2 on Thursday, I think. Is this Thursday or Friday? I think It's, it's Thursday. Thursday
0: night game, and these are two programs that are reeling. The Mountaineers, one and two, playing Vodtech, a team that lost to Old Dominion. Um, kind of different situations, though. Tech has a first-year coach, and uh, West Virginia very well could have a last-year coach, Coach Neil Brown. The Mountaineers are our are favorite um, on the road, one-and-a-half-point favorites at Vodtech. That's interesting, but this is kind of a do-or-die game for both these, these teams. Whoever loses this is in for a very, very long season.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I just, yeah. I thought things would have been better for both of these coaches. Um, I think West Virginia is in a tougher spot conference wise, right? Mike? Yep,
0: they are definitely. Uh,
1: how about and support Kent state, Kent state at number one, Georgia noon on ESPN plus. So I could be wrong, but Kent state has played Ohio state. They're playing Georgia this weekend and they play Oklahoma the first week of the season
0: or Washington, I think they they've Washington. played three massive powers. I know that there was actually a story in an Andy Staples story in the athletic about it. This was the old athletic director's scheduling philosophy, basically get as me- much money from these guarantee games as possible. And it funds their entire athletic department and the new AD is trying to shift. But as you know, scheduling college football happens like decades ahead of time. So uh yeah, I feel bad for Kent state because they could, they could, be a challenger in the Mac right they but but you just hope no one gets hurt against Georgia the Bulldogs 45 point favorites but this is the kind of thing like are if you're holding if you're a ticket holder for Georgia like are you going in this game
1: I mean just tailgate I guess right
0: yeah a tailgate maybe go to the first half but um yeah it's not going to be fun for anyone really
1: and you do like I mean I just I feel bad for those Kent State kids like they're getting their ass kicked and it's like week after week after week like do you
0: care? I believe it was, I believe it was Kent State. Um, when I was in Ohio City with uh, your sister, Colleen, we were watching some football and our server at whatever bar we were at said that he played defensive back for Kent State and they played Alabama one year and he had to guard Julio Jones. <laughs> I he was serving us at the bar. And I remember all of us himself, including having a great laugh about that. So You know, five to 10 years from now, maybe some of those Kent State kids will have stories like that.
1: Mike, so you know this team better than I do. I've only heard things anecdotally about this. And we discussed earlier Michigan's pitiful schedule going in. I'm not saying Maryland is going to win this game. I will be stunned if they did. I think this, I think Maryland actually is a pretty good team. And I think that Michigan, having played nobody, might actually get punched in the face for the first time this week, Maryland at number four, Michigan noon. This is the big noon kickoff, Mike.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Uh, the Wolverine, 17 point favorite. So Maryland pulled out a very tough win over SMU last week, 34, 27. Um, it was an exciting fourth quarter. Both teams played well. Maryland has a legit, very, very good offense. Uh, Talia at quarterback. They've got Raheem Jarrett at wide receiver. They've got two excellent wide receivers. Actually, they have a veteran offensive line. They're legit offensively. The question is, will they be able to stop Michigan? Um, that Michigan's running game and Michigan where their defensive line be able to stop Michigan's offensive uh, line? But I think this could be to your point. Michigan has played absolutely no one. Maryland's win over SMU is far better than any win Michigan has to this point. So I'm right. psyched for this game. I'm going to be watching it in its entirety. Down at the bungalow, and uh, let's hope Maryland can keep it close. But that's going to be an exciting ballgame.
1: Number five, Clemson at number 14, Wake Forest, noon. I have the wrong network there. It's not on BTN. Like.
0: <laughs> no, it's on, um, it's on ABC, actually. I happened to look that up earlier.
1: Hey, I would say I would love to. I've not been to Wake Forest. Um, I would Neither love
0: I. to see it, right? I bet it's a very pretty campus. Um, Wake has, as we said earlier, a legit offense. Clemson with a a team whose strength is clearly defensively. Um, Clemson only a seven and a half point favorite. And according to the statistics I'm looking at right now, only 51% of the betters are backing them minus seven and a half, whereas 49% are on Wake Forest. So pretty much everyone thinks this is going to be a touchdown kind of game um both teams 3-0 also at noon as you said on abc very much looking forward to watching this one on tv1
1: here for a reason ucla at colorado 2 p.m. pack 12 no, a this means it's 11 a.m. local kick right or or noon
0: no that's noon
1: um we've seen this game mike we this saw this exact UCLA. game
0: we saw the bruins at the buffaloes uh, at folsom field in boulder yes i think uh, my clothes still smell like weed from that, uh, that experience, and it was, wasn't us. I've never smelled so much weed in public uh, in a non-concert situation in my life.
1: <laughs> there's been so much discussion, by the way. Look, Folsom Field is awesome. I loved it. it I is. thought it was amazing. Uh, Boulder was amazing. Poor UCLA. Those kids. UCLA fans, I, I, I don't buy the – there's too many things to do in Los Angeles – your stadium seats 100,000 people. Could you please get more than like 10,000 people for this game? Right? Like-
0: was, well, this game's in Folsom, but that that was awful last week. They really lucked out by beating South Alabama. They won by a point. South Alabama uh, attempted an ill-fated um fake field goal. Really UCLA should have should have lost this ball game, but they are sitting there at 3 and 0. Is there any reason Colorado is as bad as they are? I mean, they won the national championship in 1990 or 91 one of those two years now granted that is 30 years ago Um, (laughs) you know i do realize that but there's no reason colorado should be this bad is there how Uh, could you not recruit i understand colorado probably not the biggest recruiting base of any school but what would it be somewhat easy to recruit kids to boulder it's a fantastic place i mean it's 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 gorgeous i think it's kind of similar
1: to um austin texas where it's like it's such a Great place to live. The kids get there and they're like, I have more fun things to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is possible. But yeah, UCLA 21 and a half point favorite on the road. That's a huge number.
1: Number 20, Florida, and number 11 Tennessee, 330 CBS. Florida is walking into a nightmare here. A nightmare.
0: Really? You think this is going to be a blowout? The the uh the vols are 10 and a half point favorites. Gators eked one out against Southern Florida. Uh, so they're they're two and one tennessee of course three and oh you can feel the you can just sense the the vols fans enthusiasm bubbling up
1: i mean it's, okay. gonna, it's gonna be they've they're starved for a great football team
0: yeah it's gonna right. be
1: super intense and uh florida after that like what week one performance like have not been great since no, just,
0: especially against the run. And uh yeah, I think uh I, I well, it's one I might lay the bigger number on that one on the balls there.
1: How about uh unranked Notre Dame at unranked North Carolina, 330 ABC, Mike. <laughs>
0: and there well, so this game opened up uh, as a pick'em and it's quickly moved to uh North Carolina pardon me, it opened up Notre Dame by one and it's quickly moved to North Carolina favored by one and a half. Look, no, did you see the Hail Mary at the end of the Notre Dame-Cal game last week? Oh, my God. That ball was in the Cal receiver's belly, in his gut. All he had to do was move his arms around it, and he was laying in the end zone. I wouldn't be surprised if they would have gone for two. I mean, Notre Dame could be staring at 0-3. and 3. They're 1-2. and 2. Carolina has a lethal offense. They have no defense, so the game could go either way. But uh, I think there's a very good chance Notre Dame is 1-3 and 3 after Saturday.
1: They're not good, and this is what kills me: It's like, how did they hang with Ohio State in Week One?
0: Yeah, it's that 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 is that is interesting.
1: Uh, Mike, in my mind, this should be an annual rivalry: Indiana at Cincinnati, three thirty esbn two. I think they're what they're about two hours apart. Am I wrong?
0: You no, know, you're exactly right. Two hours apart. They're they're really even level kind of schools. Yeah. Um, even though one is quote not Power Five, it will be next year. Uh, should be a great game i mean should be a great game cincinnati went to the college football playoff last year and they won in bloomington in a game that was very close and the hoosiers hung with them uh IU coming at three and oh i can't believe it's a 17 point spread that seems like a lot to me but uh i think uh this will tell us a lot about where iu is um at this point in this season and i i can't wait to watch it um fortunately i'll be ha- i'll have to record it this week as well because i'll be on my way to camden yards but um, i'm going to turn turn the phone off and watch uh, watch the game in its entirety when i get home from the ball game
1: number 10 arkansas number 23 A&M, 7 p.m. espn a fascinating game AM is totally unpredictable arkansas has i think the nation's worst defense statistically at this point so this will be interesting like i mean i wouldn't as a, a in gambling i would not touch this game
0: no, you have no idea what's going to happen, especially because it's being played at the neutral site in Jerry World. The Aggies are point-and-a-half favorites. Betting money is exactly 50-50 at this point in time on a Wednesday. So it'll be a fun game to watch, but it's one of those ones who who in their mind, who in their right mind has any idea what's going to happen there.
1: In um, the category of who in right mind will actually watch it, I am. I may force myself to watch this game. Iowa at Rutgers. Oh, God. 7 p.m. FS1. I, I mean I really I might sit down like pour myself a Manhattan in the rocks and just like force myself to watch four quarters of Iowa at Rutgers.
0: Just out of curiosity, the over under is 34. You have not <laughs> I've not seen an over under that low um, in college football. I can't remember when that there's got to be one of the the, the lowest in uh, in recent memory recent history um rutgers uh, iowa favored by seven and a half points how are they going to beat anybody by seven and a half points let alone a big 10 team take rutgers i mean <laughs> i'll be very interested to hear next week tim how much of that game you uh consume and how many do you consume
1: there's not much comp- like competition like i mean like i i'm curious about arkansas and AM, but like i feel like i, I can go all in for iowa rutgers
0: yeah, everyone can. you got Wisconsin, Ohio State, which I think will be a blowout from the big house.
1: Uh, Stanford. So me from I, the I tried, to, tried to find a late game. Not a lot this week. Stanford at number 18, Washington, 1030, FS1. You're high on Washington, so I picked that, Mike.
0: Yes, I'm very high on Washington. Uh, the Huskers favored by 14. But I kind of like um, USC at Oregon State, 930 kick. At the stadium, of course. Uh, what, what's the name of their stadium that we went to and so enjoyed? Oh, my God. What's it called? Research Stadium. Yes, that's right. And with their little beer garden in the end zone, that's going to be rocking for USC. Brings their high flying offense in against the overachievers of Oregon State at three and Um USC, only a six and a half point favorite. So that could be a great game. 930 kick. As we know, for these kids
1: from uh, USC, it's an arduous journey. From Los Angeles to um, Reeser Stadium.
0: <laughs> it's, an, it's an arduous journey from anywhere to Reeser Stadium, <laughs> uh, but it's it's worth it for to all the listeners and fans. We had a great time there tailgating. Remember, we tailgated near their baseball field. We saw the Adley Rutschman sign and billboard. Oh, that was great. If only I had known how tremendous he was going to be just three years later.
1: <laughs> it's on my resume. Have been to game at Reeser Stadium. <laughs>
0: You know you're a serious college football fan when you you can drop that nugget.
1: (laughs) All right, Mike. Our picks last week were what?
0: Tim, we both fell on our face last week. I took Texas Tech to cover against NC State. Did not happen. You took Michigan State to cover against Washington, and that did not happen.
1: All right. Bobby hit the bumper. Plays bets on college football.
0: Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm stopped. Shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean I don't bet. You know, I don't Project. care. I don't care. I never Project. have and I never will. Yeah, right. Mike Hunger, 50-50, possible lot,
1: probably loser of the week. Please hang up and try again.
0: So curiously, Tim, we are going to East Lansing, Michigan, home of the aforementioned Michigan State Spartans. They got whooped out west in Seattle this week. And who comes in but the Minnesota Golden Gophers coming into Spartan Stadium. Uh, Minnesota, three-point favorite on the road. Another team, Minnesota, who's played absolutely nobody. This one just feels to me like it's going to be close. Um, I think that Mel Tucker is such a good coach that when his team uh, backs are against the wall, Sparty will respond. I'm not a believer in Minnesota yet, so I'm taking Sparty plus the three. Extremely low confidence level.
1: Again, what's the line in UCLA-Colorado?
0: UCLA favored by 21 and a half. Oh, God. That's a a ton of points on the road.
1: And Florida-Tennessee is what?
0: Uh, Tennessee by 10 and a half.
1: I hate that, too.
0: And well, Iowa good, thing, good thing you prepared your pick before the show.
1: <laughs>
0: Iowa game? Iowa uh, R- R- Rutgers is Iowa's favored by seven and a half on the road. Oh, shit. <laughs> I would take Rutgers in that one. I'm taking Rutgers, yes. Yeah, that's a good pick. Rutgers? So, Tim, I'm one and two. You're zero and three. The only game we've won between us, I won Rutgers in week one. So, I'm a Rutgers fan. I don't see how I was going to beat anybody by more than a touchdown. So, good pick on Rutgers. All
1: right, Mike. So, um, looking forward to the weekend. Again, I can't wait. Uh, this time next week, I'll be in Baltimore having a beer with you and Brian somewhere in uh, Baltimore City, the greatest city in America, right, Mike?
0: That's our official motto. Yeah. Try and argue with it. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, thanks again, Mike. And there's one thing to say. Pachas. Thank you for listening to the TCFA podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit intelligentcollegefootball.com.